And if the children want to come up to the front, because we've got an all-age service today. So children, if you would like to come up to the front and grab a seat. So today we're starting a new series. We're going to spend the next four weeks looking at Jesus' healing miracles from Mark's gospel. But start with, what is a gospel? Has anyone got any idea what a gospel is? You don't have to be absolutely right. You can guess. Any, any ideas, guys, what a gospel is? No idea? You've got an idea, Caitlin? It's a book written, it's a book, um, written by people in the past. A book written by people in the past. That is part of it. Eddie, what? what? A really special prayer for church. Well, it's it's a very special uh, readings that we read in church. Definitely, Eddie. Uh, anyone else? Any ideas? Shall I tell you? The word gospel literally means good news, and the gospels are the books in the Bible that tell us all about Jesus. So, for example, where was Jesus born? And Yang, where was Jesus born? He was born at night, but where was he born? Where was he born? In a, in a cottage or a stable. Yeah, well, what's the name of the village where Jesus was born? I'll come, I'll come back to you. Charlotte? Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Can you tell me any of the things that Jesus did in his life? So Jesus did all kinds of things. What kind of thing? What, what did he do, Annabel? He healed. he healed people. Absolutely right. Angus, did you have an answer there? Or it's already gone? Okay. Yeah, go on. He gave people food. He did. He multiplied the bread and the fish, didn't he? And, and fed 5,000 people and 4,000 people. And Yang? He, yeah, he, he had a real heart for the poor, didn't he? There's some of the things Jesus did in his life. What happened at the end of his life? Chi Chi answering? Oh no, the microphone's not on. <laughs> I thought you'd gone from the kids to Chi Chi, but what did he what happened at the end of his life? He died on the cross, and he was buried, and he rose to new life. And we know all of those things because they're written in the Gospels. Now, a little bit harder, how many Gospels are there? Can anyone remember? Annabelle, how many do you think? 5,000? No, there's not 5,000. But he did, he did feed 5,000 people in the Gospels. So maybe you're thinking of that. Phoebe? Um, ten? Ten? No. Any, anyone else? 4,000. 4,000. 4,000, no. No. Okay, I'm going to tell you, as a, as a, it, it, there's four Gospels. There's four Gospels, okay? And here's a really tricky question, last, last of the tricky questions. Who wrote the Gospels? I'm going to make this easier for you. I'm going to put them on the screen, and, but they're mixed in with all the other names. So you've got to tell me who you think, out of those names, give me four people who wrote the gospel. Charlotte, you got one? Just shout it out. Peter? No. 
But we're going to come back to that. That's, that. That kind of lead into what I was saying. Matthew? Jude? No. Oh, who did he say? Matthew. Matthew, sorry. Zen, yeah, absolutely right. Anyang? So Matthew. No, it wasn't Peter, but we are going to come back to that. We're going to, uh, Annabelle? God? Yeah, well, God inspired all the Gospels, so we can't argue with that. That's a good answer. Thomas? No, not Thomas. Angus? No, not James. By process of elimination, we are going to get them. Mark? Mark? Yes, we're looking at Mark's Gospel today. John and Luke. Okay, it saved us there at Europa. John and Luke. So the Gospels were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, a couple of people gave this answer. Who was Jesus' best friend? And I think this is probably why you thought that one of the Gospels were written by this person. Who was Jesus' best friend? We hear a lot about him in the Gospels. No. Peter. Peter was Jesus' best friend. And it's interesting that a few of you thought one of the Gospels might be written by Peter because it's quite surprising, isn't it, that Peter, who was Jesus' best friend, didn't write one of the Gospels. He didn't write one of the books about Jesus. That's quite surprising. But, you know, in a way, he did. Because we can be almost certain that it was Peter who told Mark all the stories about Jesus. So Peter told Mark what Jesus said and what he did. He told him about his death and his resurrection. And Mark wrote it all down. So it comes straight from Peter. Now, there's a really important thing that Mark wants us to know about Jesus. Now, I'm going to read the first line of Mark's gospel. And I want you to see if you can pick out the one really important thing that Mark wants us to know about Jesus. So the first line of Mark's gospel goes, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. Can you pick out the thing that Mark really wants us to know, Anyang? That Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. That's what Mark uh, wants us to know. Now, the whole of the Old Testament, that's all of the Bible before Jesus, everything before Jesus was born, it points forwards to the Messiah. So the Jewish people were waiting and hoping and waiting and praying and waiting and expecting God to send them a great rescuer, uh, a, a God's anointed king who would bring peace and justice to the world. Uh, now, just by total coincidence, a king has turned up at church this morning. <laughs> just totally out of the blue. We, can you, can the, does, does your crown go on a bit more than that? It stays the shape. It, it doesn't look... It, okay, I won't try and... Uh, okay, you can balance the crown there. Okay, so here we have uh, a king. And uh, when we think of a king, this is what we expect, isn't it? Someone with a crown and a royal robe, and if it was the olden days, a sword as well. The problem was, at the time of Jesus, the Jews were ruled by the Romans. Has anyone ever heard of the Romans? Put your hand up if you've heard something about the Romans. Maybe it's school. Okay, so you've learned a bit about the Romans. Well, the Roman Empire started in a city called Rome, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And their empire started to spread all over the known world, which is now Europe and North Africa and parts of Asia. And I'm going to show you a little video clip 
just to show you how the Roman Empire expanded. So if we dim the lights in a very quick uh, clip we can look at. So you can see there how the Roman Empire expanded. Now, again, totally by coincidence and chance, uh, a Roman soldier happens to have turned up today in church. Uh, Caleb, Roman soldier, if you'd like to come up and you stand uh, over here for us. And Caleb uh, is going to represent the whole of the Roman Empire. And the Romans had a very powerful army. You're going to give us a flex? Okay, and they would go to other lands and other nations and they would just take over. And they would do it by force and no one could stop them because they were so powerful. How do you think the Jewish people felt about being taken over by the Romans? What do you reckon, Taropa? Maybe they'd feel weak? Yeah, how else do you think they'd feel about being taken over by the Romans? What do you reckon? Go on, anger. Worried, yes, definitely. Anything else? Go on then. Upset? Yeah, absolutely. They hated it. They wanted the Romans out so that they could go back to ruling themselves. The Jewish people felt like they were slaves in their own country. Uh, They really weren't happy about the situation. So the Jews were expecting the... Messiah, the conquering king, but they were ruled by the Romans. Now, if you come over here, Mr. Roman soldier. So, what do you think the Jewish people thought would happen when their Messiah turned up? What what do you think the Jewish people thought that the Messiah would do? So, the Messiah is a conquering king, and they're ruled by the Romans, and they don't like the Romans. So, what do you think they thought would happen? What do you reckon, Zen? The king would conquer the Romans, defeat the Romans. That's exactly what they thought. Messiah, would you please defeat the Romans? (laughs) Fantastic. If you'd like to go and sit down, well done, guys. So... So that is exactly what the Jewish people thought their Messiah would do. But hang on a minute. Mark tells us that Jesus is the Messiah. Did Jesus, was Jesus a king with a sword and an army? No. Adults, you can answer too, that's fine. <laughs> Did Jesus conquer the Romans? Not in the way they're expecting. He didn't lead an army against the Romans, did he? What what did the Romans do to Jesus? Looking out here, what did the Romans do to Jesus? They crucified him. Do you think that any Jew 
would have expected that to happen to their Messiah? No. But did Jesus stay dead and buried? I hope we know this. <laughs> did Jesus stay dead and buried? No. So what happened? What happened after three days? He rose, he rose from the grave. So Jesus came back to life. He, he conquered death itself. You see, Jesus is the Jewish Messiah, uh, but he, he, he is the one that the Jewish people were expecting, but they didn't recognize him because he wasn't the kind of Messiah that they were expecting. He didn't lead an army. He didn't defeat the Romans, and he didn't sit on a throne in Jerusalem. And that's because the real enemy was not the Romans. The real enemy is sin and death. Sin is when we push God away and we say, I don't want you. Sin is when we do what we want instead of what God wants. Sin is when we shut God out of our hearts and our lives. And you know that every problem in the world is caused by sin, even death. So to put the world right, Jesus didn't have to deal with the Romans. Jesus had to deal with a much bigger problem than that. Jesus had to deal with sin and death. So Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He will defeat evil. He will bring fairness to the whole world. He will put right all the wrongs, but not in the way that anyone expected. Now, remember that Mark's gospel began with these words, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, so what does Mark want us to know about Jesus? That he's the... A bit sleepy this morning. <laughs> what does Jesus want us to know about Jesus? That he is the... Messiah. Messiah. Now, the first chapter of Mark is like a huge sign, a huge banner that says, Jesus is the Messiah. It's like Mark is shouting to us from the pages of his gospel, Jesus is the Messiah. And so how does Mark tell us that Jesus is the Messiah? Well, uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, look at that, but I'm going to need your help. Okay, so every time I stamp my foot like this, you're going to stand up really quickly you're going to shout, Jesus is the Messiah, and you're going to sit back down really quickly. Can you do that? Should we have a trial run? Okay. I can see you're poised, all right? Good. Okay, sit that down. Let's try and get it all in unison. We'll try again, and adults, you can do it, again, uh, do it as well. You don't have to stand up, though. Okay. Okay, sit down. So how does Mark tell us that Jesus is the Messiah? Well, firstly, he writes the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah. Next, Mark tells us about John the Baptist, and, and God sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus. And here's what John said. He said, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist said it. Jesus is Okay, we're getting there. Then Jesus is baptized and the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of a dove 
and rests on Jesus. So God's Holy Spirit affirms it. After that, there's a voice comes from heaven, God's audible voice. And he says, you are my son with whom I am well pleased. Uh, Sorry, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So God the Father affirms it. Then Mark tells us that Jesus proclaimed the good news. He said, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus, at the very least, hinted at it. Then there's a man in the synagogue. He's got an evil spirit living within him. And the spirit cries out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So even the forces of evil recognize who Jesus is. Okay. So all of that comes in the very first chapter of Mark's gospel, like this big arrow pointing and saying Jesus is the Messiah. But it's quite a claim. We can't miss it. Jesus is the Messiah. And Mark then goes on to give us lots of evidence. He gives us proof that Jesus is the long-awaited Jewish Messiah. What do you think might prove that Jesus really is the King of Kings, God's uh, own Son? What what, What could possibly prove that? What do you think could prove that? What do you reckon, Tawana? Yeah, the, well, we have that written in the Bible. So, we, yeah, the, the evidence is there in the Bible. Uh, but what is, what is it that Jesus did that would prove that he is God's son? What do you reckon, Angus? Better? Yeah, it got, well, Jesus is God. Taropa? He rose from the dead. But before we, but there's a lot that happens in the gospel before Jesus rises to the, from the dead. That is the ultimate proof. But what happened? What sort of things did, did Jesus do? We heard before. What did Jesus do that no one would have really seen much of happening before? Gone. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. He 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 did all of those things. So. Uh, Mark shows us that Jesus has control over the physical world, the things that we can see and touch. And he shows us that Jesus has control over the spiritual world, the things that we can't see and touch. There seemed to be a bit of a d- distraction going on with the Roman soldier's wristband. <laughs> Have you got the wristband off? Okay, good. So Mark's gospel begins by describing lots of Jesus' healing miracles. And a lot of these miracles happened in and around a place called Capernaum. So this is Capernaum. It's a photo of what Capernaum looks like today. And it was a very important uh, town or village in Jesus' day. It was a trading post. It was a fishing village on the shore of Lake Galilee. It's where Peter, Jesus' best friend, uh, lived. He had his fishing business in Capernaum. And you know, you can still see Peter's house in Capernaum today. Now they built a church over the top of it, but you can uh, look, you can see underneath the church, and the remains of Peter's house are still there to this day. Isn't that amazing? That two thousand years later, 
and we can still identify uh, Peter's house, and they've, and they've identified that from various uh, engravings that they found on the stonework within the house. So they can be pretty sure that it's Peter's house. Isn't that amazing? But Jesus was in Capernaum, and uh, he and the disciples were in the synagogue, uh, which is kind of like a Jewish church. And they came out of the synagogue, and they walked to Peter's house. And you can see it's very close by, probably one or two minutes walk at the most. And when they got to the house they found that Peter's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. Has anyone, put your hand up, have you ever had a fever? Put your hand up if you've ever had a fever. Well, what was it like? Not good. It's definitely not good. Anyone else had a fever? What was it like, Caitlin? You had to stay in bed. Yes, definitely, like Peter's mother-in-law was in bed. I've had a couple of really bad fevers in my life, and one of them, I was about the same age as some of you. And uh, for a day or two, I didn't know whether I was awake or whether I was dreaming. At one point, it felt like my bed was tipping up on end, and I was struggling to stay in my bed. Has anyone ever had that sort of experience? It's horrible. All sorts of strange things happen when you've got a fever. So fevers are really unpleasant. But in Jesus' day, they could be very, very serious indeed. In fact, people didn't always recover from a fever. Some people would die of a fever. So they told Jesus that Peter's mother-in-law was ill in bed. What do you think Jesus did? He did. He healed her. He, he went to her. He took her by the hand, and he, he, he helped her up to her feet. And it says that she waited on them. So the fever left her immediately, and she started preparing a meal. Did she have a microwave? No. Preparing a meal uh, in Jesus' day was a lot harder work than it is now. It's hard work now, but it was even harder work in Jesus' day. But uh, Peter's mother-in-law had no problem getting straight up and getting on with that because she was completely healed. And this proves that Jesus is able to right all the wrongs. He has power even over uh, physical diseases. Now, what do you think happened when everyone in Capernaum found out that Jesus could heal the sick? What do you think that happened? Anyone else? What, what do you think happened when everyone found out that Jesus could heal people? What do you reckon, Zen? Better? It was a miracle. But what do you think, what do you think happened when they found out that Jesus could do miracles like this? What do you reckon, Caitlin? A whole crowd of sick people came to him. That's, a, that's exactly right. They brought their sick and their demon possessed to Jesus. Uh, but because it was the Sabbath, they had to wait until the evening. You see, the Sabbath was and is a very special holy day for Jewish people when they, when they focus on God and they're not allowed to do any work on the Sabbath whatsoever. You can't even carry a sick person on a stretcher on the Sabbath. So they had to wait till evening because the Jewish day begins not in the morning like our day begins, but the Jewish day begins in the evening at sunset. So when the sun went down, that was the start of a new day. The Sabbath was over and everyone was able to bring their sick and their demon possessed to Jesus. And that's what they did. Uh, so Jesus healed the sick, showing that he has control over the physical world. 
And Jesus cast out demons, showing that Jesus has control over the spiritual world. And we're going to hear a lot more about Jesus' healing miracles in the coming weeks. Uh, So the beginning of Mark's gospel shouts at us. Are you ready? The beginning of Mark's gospel shouts at us. And Mark shows that Jesus has total control over the physical and over the spiritual. Jesus is the King of Kings. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the King over the whole world. And that is why he is able to to defeat the real enemies. The real enemy wasn't the Romans. The real enemy is sin and death, and Jesus has defeated them. We'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much that uh, you humbled yourself by coming into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. All the power and deity and glory of God in human form. And we acknowledge, Lord, that you don't do things in the way that we think you might. He didn't come and destroy the Romans and restore Israel to its former glory. You came to do something much greater. That is to save each one of us from ourselves, from our sin and our folly. And we pray, Lord, that we will continue to understand what this means for our lives today and that we will live our lives for you because you have saved us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.